Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. This episode features a conversation with Athena Kuglenyu, and it was an absolute pleasure talking to her. Uh, I always enjoy uh, talking to all of our guests. This one felt especially enlightening and educating, so uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. Now, I think this is going to be the last one for a little while. Um, We need to regroup and and get some guests for the next series, um, which will be along at some point in the future. So, um, you know, obviously, if you want some more dicks in that time, if you're a new listener, then look, we've got a huge back catalogue featuring just an amazing array of brilliant comedians and other guests as well, such as Chef Tom Kerridge. He's not a comedian, but he's still funny. Uh, Jay Rayner, he's a food critic, but he's still funny. It's all entertaining. That's what I'm saying. So just have a little delve. And if you are enjoying it, I know we've got a few new listeners at the minute, which is lovely to see. Please do give us a review and a rating on iTunes because it gives us a real boost um, in all kinds of boring ways like charts and metrics and but it helps us punch above our weight a bit so it's really greatly appreciated another way you can get involved is to come and see us live in october as part of the cheerful earful comedy podcast festival and um, you can google that or you can find the link on our twitter at dickspod or um, in the description somewhere of this podcast i have put a link to it as well so uh, it'd be lovely to see you there in person and um well, just hang out, really. You know what? I barely leave my house a lot of the time. Uh, I work from home. I go and pick the kids up, take them to school and back, and that's about it. You know, it's very nice to get out and see real people now and again. I mean, I'm hoping I will leave the house before October, but um, it would just be nice to meet you in real life. That all sounds a bit bleak. Don't. It's not bleak. It's fine. Um, everything is good, really. I'm fine. Um, look, I better stop talking. Let's get on and have the podcast now. It's Desert Island Dicks with Athena Kuglenyu. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and writer Athena Kublenyu. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Look, today it's a sunny day. How are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you ready to rant about dicks? How do we find you today? This is literally the best time to record a podcast about things you hate. Like it couldn't be a better climate to just say everything's shit. It's just horrible. In, like, and do you know when you know things are shit? When you have to learn about things you don't care about. I hated Brexit because I had to learn about trade. Who cares? I don't, I don't care. I don't know about any of this stuff. I don't want to know about export, import, things. I don't know about borders. I just want to, you know, eat my donuts and watch Netflix. And now I've got to learn about interest rates and quantitative easing. That word's come back. It's just, mm. it's all terrible. Um, bills, gas, electric. Horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I'm having a lovely day though, otherwise. I know it's weird, isn't it? Like, I always think, you know, when it's winter and you kind of think, God, I wish it was summer. Everything's great in summer. And you forget that things can be bad when it's sunny as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you can't enjoy the sun. Like it's getting in the way of my Cornetto. Yeah. You know, I should be outside eating something sweet and cold. And I'm not, I'm inside looking at graphs and every, every graph is just a line that's pointing down, <laughs> you know, and that can't be good. It can't be good. Yeah, I keep sort of saying to my wife, like, I don't understand this. Like, they say that this is more expensive, but then 
if it's more expensive for them, how come they're making such big profits? I don't, what's going on? You know what I mean? You know, when you sort of, you know, sometimes the BBC site, they go, here's what that means. And there's lots of bullet points. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I need that for my whole life now. I just need to like click my fingers and someone in a nice suit just goes, well, here's what that means for you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, what it means is that people are making money, but it's not us. <laughs> it's, whole, it's, the, it's the wrong people. It's not the chicken shop people. You know what I mean? It's the wrong people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you've not been in, and I'm vegan as well, but if you've not been in a chicken shop in the last six months, you should not be allowed to make any more money. You know what I mean? That's that's the line. And I and that, you know, I'm, I'll happily step into one and step out again. You know, and that's that we need to do something. It's getting out of control, out of control. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, I mean, I think you, you've come straight out the gates, just raring to go. And I don't want to hold you back any longer because I think you're just in prime Desert Island Dick's Mose. This is good to see. Who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? I mean, I don't know anyone who who would disagree with this. It's got to be Andrew Neil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I'm a I'm a veteran of the of the show this week. He used to watch. I used to stay up and watch him and Mort- Portillo and Diane Abbott chew the fat. And it was okay. It was entertaining, but he's getting out of hand now. Um, if you don't know, maybe some people might not know who he is. He's just like this old guy and he's a journalist and he is as irrelevant as anything can be. And he's wrong about everything. I don't, I can't remember the last time he's been right about something. If you want to have an opinion on something, go to Andrew Neil's timeline on his Twitter and then just think the opposite of what he's said. <laughs> Everything is just horrible. And I don't know why he's so bitter. And tr- As a wealthy person who's genuinely always been in gainful employment in spite of incompetence, I don't know why he's so <laughs> angry. Mm. Um, and he, he writes for The Spectator, which is a horrible magazine that says horrible things for no reason. There's no reason for it. Like we did nothing <laughs> to this magazine. Um, and they, and uh, his latest article or editorial or whatever is about how women shouldn't do comedy and mock the week was killed by women and people who like not being horrible yeah he's just horrible i don't know what to say i mean i thought what annoys me about these people is like they're like i thought gb news would be the end of him Mm. you know he started gb news he made a big deal about it it was horrible and then he left the country after two weeks who does that who starts who literally starts a news channel and goes oh actually this is quite bad and runs away whilst it burns right and i thought that would be the end of it and he's just everywhere he's interviewing he was interviewing rishi sunak on channel four the other day um and I, i yeah he can i just clarify am i on the island with this person yeah yeah oh but i i have i have weaponry right what do i have a chainsaw well, I mean, it's sort of, it depends what's in the plane, what you can salvage or make, I guess. So, I mean, I guess there'll be shards of, of bent metal and stuff like All that. Right. Which is gonna, you okay. know, or there'll be rocks. I don't know. Depends what you can fashion. I mean, Tom Hanks, he had that, you know, that sort of um, ice skate that he attached. He made like an axe out of an ice skate and cast yeah. away. I can't guarantee it's there, but I think, you know, I reckon you'll figure it out. I feel like yeah. you've got enough drive in you to make this work. Well, luckily, if you're going to crash a plane, crash a UPS plane because I have stuff on it. Mm. <laughs> you don't want to be a hol- you don't want to be on like a holiday plane. It's just flip flops. You know, <laughs> he had parcels, so there was useful things in that. You know, people buy mm. toasters and things like that. Um, anyway, I just wanted to just didn't want to check because it just dawned on me that I, I'm putting him on on this island and I've got to live with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to shut him. I'll just I'd stick the ball in his face so he'd shut up. You know, it's just one of those sort of people that's like complains about everything being woke or new or changing or different and it's like a lot of these people you just got to think okay but is it directly affecting you how does it affect your life like you like you said you've done all right in life like why are you angry about these things that have no impact on you 
Yeah, there's a weird dogmatic stance to these individuals where they just get very excited over stuff that means not- and then they go home and they eat their goose liver and caviar and they drink very expensive red wines and they think that's a good day's work and it's not and it's and it's disruptive and they're very amplified people and they they need to go that's and you know Piers, i mean piers morgan's another one just that whole cohort mm. that whole cohort they need to just all go yeah it's so they're insufferable yeah it's just that perennial thing of kind of saying how they're being silenced whilst saying that to millions of people on it you know on the or to complain about the mainstream media when they're part of it and it's just come on guys just shut the fuck up and calm down and I, the way they've sort of misappropriated the word woke mm. oh we don't we don't like that that's a bit woke so what they mean is oh i have to learn something mm. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? I have to i have to exhibit a bit of empathy oh that sounds a bit woke to me it's it's basically a word that they've used to take something that's sugary and delicious and beneficial and they just pour bleach on it oh we don't want that anymore we've ruined it just, they just it just ruined it um, and it's really frustrating because for a little while, I'm not going to lie, for a little while things were getting a bit better, you know, for a little while things were a bit progressive um, and they are, they're terrified of progress because it means that their irrelevancy will be exposed and their irrelevancy means they have to get out of the way and people like me have to edit their magazines or, or be spokespeople and they don't want that because, you know, I have no interest in serving their interests. I'm coming for you, Andrew. <laughs> I feel like you genuinely are. Like I think that but this is going to, we're going to finish the recording. You're going to straight out and get him, which is fine by me. Um, you're right about like, sort of changing the words and stuff because it's like things like woke or like political correctness. It's like Ugh, political correctness, and it's like we're just saying like trying to not offend people or like trying to you know just get on with as many people as possible. Do you know what I mean? Like trying to give space to people who need it. It's like, that, that's all right to do that, you know? It's the amnesia that really bothers me. It's like, oh, I hate all this work stuff. Like, do you remember what it was like before? Like they would literally go to people's houses and put dog shit through their letterbox. Mm. You know, like they would literally say, oh no, you can't come into this facility because of the color of your skin. And they go, oh, this political correctness, you know, all this equality. What are you talking about? Like when it wasn't here, this was a horrible place. It was a horrible place to live. And now it's not horrible. You you must have really loved the oppression. You know what mm. I mean? How much did you love standing on the shoulders of other people for no reason? And they're really showing themselves. And it's frustrating. Like there's all these debates. There's debates about, oh, should we, should we teach the honest history about people or should we just pretend they were great? And like, why is that a debate? <laughs> why, why is that even a, a debate? Like, let's talk about... Um, Colston in in Bristol or who's the guy he's got that statue he's got statues everywhere can't even remember he wants to be that railway through Africa I can't remember it doesn't matter but like why is it up for debate that we're honest about what these people believed Mm. and what their incentives were and what they wanted to achieve it shouldn't even be a debate or conversation if you were against that you're just foul that's the end of it because it's like with Jimmy Savile it's like people (laughs) went oh shit he was really bad. Okay, well, let's like remove every scrap of, you know, like, like, you know, even his grave, we'll take that up. Well, you know, we'll get rid of any mention of him or like everything like, and that's okay. But when it's like someone who like oversaw loads of horrific things in the past, you're like, <laughs> no, but uh, he, he built a great shipyard. Uh, and, and, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's really weird, isn't it? It's like, he was on a par, if not worse. You know? It, well, we know why. It's because people use the existence 
of these individuals to justify the privileges they have in life you know we, you know they use it to justify it. they're like um it was Cecil Rhodes who I couldn't remember you know they're like Cecil Rhodes was a great man he colonized the world you know these great things and that's why I'm rich and have all this power and then if we say actually he wasn't a great man he, he was racist and he exploited people and people were exploited based on on his actions that then makes their position untenable so they have to maintain the myth. They're actually not maintaining the myth of the historical figure. They're maintaining their own myths of their own entitlement. Um, and, and until we join those dots and we just say, stop being so silly. And that's, the, it, that's literally this. I mean, Liz Truss went out and said, oh, you know, I'm not going to, we're going to, she wants to, oh no, it wasn't Liz Truss, it was Nadine Doris. She wants to put protected status on Cecil Rose's statue. Like for what? For mm. whose benefit? Yeah. You know, what? Like you're literally just protecting a the lie then. And that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be entertained by anyone. It doesn't make any sense for it to be entertained. Um, and people like, uh, you know, and Andrew Lee was very much at the forefront of, of all of those ideas. Him, there's a lot of people. I can't even bother to name them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're going to have him on the island as the embodiment of those kind of people. Yes, please. The king of the idiots. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now, who's going to be joining him? Who's your second choice? Okay. So this is with the Gret. It's mm -hmm. with the Gret, but it's Dave Chappelle. Okay. And it's with regret because I like the man. I, you know, I grew up on Jay Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. I watched his shows. I watched his stand-up. But I've had enough now, you know? <laughs> and I don't like the way people who, who, people who are legendary in what they do with their craft, I don't like the way they use their ability to create great art to just make up politics on the trot about things they know nothing about. And because he's great at comedy, he thinks that gives him the right to say whatever he likes. And it doesn't, and it's almost a bit boring to moan about Dave Chappelle. And I was going to, oh, God, I can't be bothered. I was going to leave him off the island. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to keep talking about this. Like, he's, his last show was, was not very funny, <laughs> first of all. Let's, let's, let's take the headline there. It was just a lot of weird, you know, random, uh, you know, random anti-Semitic stuff, random anti-trans stuff. Really old, boring, not even jokes. Like, there were people in open mic comedy clubs all around this country making the kind of jokes that Dave Chappelle made in that special. And you know what? They're probably even putting those jokes in the bin. But, but you fill up a theatre full of your fans, you can say whatever you like. And I think, I don't like it when old, great comedians get lazy and just say, well, you're all, you're all my fans. So I'll just say, I'll, I'll make agreement jokes. I'll make mm. statements that you agree with because you're as stupid as I am. And I'll laugh and I'll use a laugh for justification. I think... I think ultimately that's frustrating because it's unprogressive and you can't just be progressive on the things that affect you personally. You know, Dave Chappelle was progressive on race because he's a black American man. He was progressive on class because he comes from a working class part of Washington. So, but you can't just stop there. You can't just say, well, I'll be eager of everything else because that doesn't affect me. I just, I just find that heartless um, and boring. You know, I'm a fan. But like, I don't like hero worship of people you're fans of. A lot of people just hear, oh, I love this person. Whatever they say is, is amazing. And I won't stand for that. Um, I would just love these people to just go away and just be brilliant comedians again. Mm. You know, just yeah. why can't you do that? Um, everyone loves Dave Chappelle. And what can I say? Like, he doesn't, he won't care about me. <laughs> not buying 400, not spending 400 quid on one of his shows. But I, I, I care more about humans. And I don't think he's being nice to other humans yeah. and that's a problem for me and it just it's, it just seems a bit lazy sort of you know it's like the world's not short of topics you could talk about you know what i mean but it's almost like everyone's getting angry about that 
I'm going to talk about it too. And it's like, well, yeah, like you're an intelligent, articulate comedian. Like there's so many things you could sort of unpick and have a go at or like examine, you know, or like it's sort of like the fashionable thing. It's like going, okay, okay, look, look, trans stuff, yeah. But but wait till you hear my take and then we'll yeah. never talk about it again. And his take is like, oh, a dog can't be a cat or whatever. Or that might be Mickey Gervais's one. I can't, I can't remember. But it's just, it's just also... And also a lot of his, well, actually most of his comedy on on the issue is based on the proposition that trans rights are in opposition to the rights of black people, which obviously implies that black people can't be trans, which is ludicrous. (laughs) You know, like these things are not separate issues. If you champion the rights of black people, you've got to champion the rights of all black people. You know, if you're a pro-black person and if you're anti-racist. And that goes for all people from the global majority who who suffer oppression in 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 kind of in the diaspora. And for me, because a lot of his material is based on that untruth, which is trans rights are in opposition to, to black rights or the rights of black people. None of it's funny because I've always believed that if comedy doesn't have truth at its core, it can't be funny because what are you laughing at? That's the intelligent bit of comedy, like saying something that is an observant truth that no one's noticed before. Um, and pretty much all of his material is like, well, you know, he had this one joke where it's like, oh, if you if you want to um, protect yourself from the police and you're a man and you're a black man, walk down the street in heels. OK, and that's not true because we know that trans women who are black in America, they literally have a life expectancy of like 50 years because they get murdered. I mean, that's a fact. So that is a, that's not true, is it? Mm. Like, that's not even a funny joke. You could, if you, him saying that reveals a, a, an unyielding ignorance um, and his platform is just astounding. You got paid 20 million to be ignorant. I mean, it's just astounding. Yeah. If I got paid 20 million, I'd, do a, I'd read a Wikipedia page on something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would, do the, I would do something. I would try and, I'd try and base my comedy on something that is going to be progressive. So I, I, I hate the way he's become unprogressive when he used to be so progressive. He can see him and Andrew Neal. And that's him and Andrew, Andrew Neal would get on great. Yeah. Oh, God. Just the, the Can you imagine? Dave Chappelle and Andrew Neal would get on great. No, that's wrong. And you know how the world's spinning faster? Mm. The world isn't happy with this, you know? The world is like, okay, let's just fast forward time and get to where the sea levels rise and we all drown because I've had enough. Yeah. That's what's happening right now. It's yeah. too much. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, like, having him on the island would be complicated because there would be parts where, like, you know, he might just you know, be sitting around a campfire and you're just riffing and making each other laugh. And you're like, oh, I remember why I liked you. But then there'd be the bit where, <laughs> you know, Andrew Neal's like, oh, you know what? It's nice to get away from all that bullshit back there where you can't say this and you can't say that. And he was like, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. My latest stand-up, I got loads of shit for that. And then, you know, you're just going to be sort of with someone that you used to really respect and like turned into, and you're going to see both sides. You know what I mean? Cause there will be times he's just like going to be a funny guy to hang out with. Yeah. But he's still both people. I think it's okay. I think we have to start having more complicated relationships with celebrities. I don't think our relationships are complicated enough. It's either I hate this guy. What an asshole. Or, Oh my God, I love him. And I think actually that's, that's not how we interact as humans and celebrities are humans. So I'm actually comfortable with, with that, I'm comfortable with the idea of every now and again going, oh, you're all right, Dave. And every now and again realizing, oh, no, you're not so much. Um, and that's that's cool. But that's a, that, it's a, that would be a good lesson for me to be reminded of if I was stuck on an island with a guy who's cool sometimes and an idiot the other times. So, yeah, I think that's that's the way it's got to be. You know, hmm. he's going to charm me. He's going to appall me in equal measure. 
Well, maybe you'll get to see Andrew Neil's charming cool side as well. <laughs> you might be really good at like um, cutting coconuts, you yeah. know, or climbing palm trees to get the coconuts. So there's not, let's not, yeah. let's not knock it. You know, he might be really handy. He'd provide good shade. <laughs> he would. I can't imagine him climbing a tree though. Like, I mean, his gravity is against him on that one. Yeah, I think. I think so. Okay, we've got very strong arguments for the first two people joining. Who's going to be your third choice? This is, um, it's going to be um, Sharon Davies, who is a, an ex-swimmer and a very leading kind of member or voice in the kind of gender critical movement in the UK. She's sort of like a, a Tesco value JK Rowling, you know. JK Rowling was a bit too obvious, so I thought, let me do the little, the little JK Rowling. And she, for the, the, uh, quite a long time now, has been banging on about protecting women's sport and all this stuff. But... You know, I'm very much in disagreement with, with trans exclusion from sport because there are so few trans people anyway. The, so few would be an elite sport. This doesn't seem to warrant the conversation that it's happening at right now. But, you know, I understand where people are saying we need to just have a conversation. What I don't understand are the arguments that she comes out with to kind of support her position. And they, they, they are wayward, offensive wild and she's typing them out and putting them on twitter so she's not even like ashamed of them and i'm just i'm just annoyed because i think one way women can support women's sports particularly if they're ex-athletes is to like not be assholes because like this is a woman who could be a role model here she's you know before women really were making money as athletes before the dina asher smiths and and the um denise lewis's and stuff we had she was all we had <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, it was Sally Gunnell, Sharon Davies, Tessa Sanderson, Fatima yeah, Woodbread. Fatima Whitbread. You know, <laughs> we didn't have a lot when I was growing up, but she was one of them. And it's like, if you want to protect women's sport, just like stop, stop sullying your reputation and inspire us to be great mm. and wonderful. And I'm um, just on a, you know, on a, I guess on a serious note, I think we should always try to make sure everyone can participate. You know, sport is great. You know, whatever your ability and whatever your gender identity, that are, what you get out of playing a sport is just, it's just wonderful. Life is so horrible. If you can go out and compete and train and have ambitions to be good at it. So it's like, why the intention is never to be on a pathway to inclusion? Why it's like, stop it all, it's terrible. Like, it's not terrible. We can put a man on the moon. Mm. We can do some science and make this work guys you know um and the 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 toxicity and the resentment and this idea that a woman is a specific thing when that is could it be further from the truth these things are doing a disservice to all women in sport because it's saying you can only be a woman in sport if you look a certain way. It's saying if you look another way, we're going to question your, your gender or, or your, sex, your, your, you know, your birth at sex. It's like, these are things, there are, people, there are, there are masked women right now who want to play sport who are probably afraid now because they think to themselves, well, am I, am I going to be treated nicely? You know, who, how is that good for women's sport? I just, I, it's, I find them, I find it all bizarre. It's not just her, there's a few other voices. She's the one that annoyed me recently. Mm. This is, in many ways, it's very unfair. These are all people that just annoyed me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> on another weekend, it would, another week, on another day, there'd be other names here. But she's got to go in. And just generally, the, I don't like the motivations of the gender critical movement because you're not motivated to include people. They're motivated to elevate themselves into positions where they can oppress people, which is unpleasant to me. 
obviously these days there are lots of complicated issues in all kinds of areas of life that you probably should start from a period of like, I don't really understand this. So can we talk a bit more and I'll find out a bit more? And maybe I'll still be the same afterwards, but it never comes from, you never see any working out. There's never someone just going, do you know what? I'm in a position of power. A lot of people asking me about this. I don't know. Let me talk to some people, have a chat and find out before I'm just like, no, you know, like I don't understand the world. I don't know a lot of stuff. Like I come from a privileged position. Do you know what I mean? So I want to hear other people's viewpoints because, yeah, I probably have some blind spots and I haven't thought of everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, there's a lot of I feel that this is the right opinion to have and not after a period of research and, and learning and understanding and, and, and speaking, I I have come to this conclusion. Um and it's painful, you know, my positions on most things come from, I'm not going to lie, it, it genuinely does come from a place of study and, and interest, you know. Um, I, but, you know, I am interested in in how a trans person can compete in elite sport fairly, mm. you know, and you only get to understand how that can happen. For people. And also, like, if the scientists don't have the answer yet, why are you going to have the answer? Mm. You know, like, they don't know. They have PhDs. They do this for a living. Why would we know anything? Yeah, and it's not all based on science. It's like, you know, I'm a white heterosexual man. Like, like I'll probably read something and think, yeah, that does seem like, oh, right, how does that work then if it's been like this before? And it's like, well, then, you know, like, I need to speak to a trans woman and then maybe they're going to go, well, you haven't come at it from this angle and this is why it's okay or this is what, you know what I mean? And it's like, until I've had that conversation, I sort of need to just hold back a bit, you know? Yeah, it's so complex. It's And also this idea of fairness, like, you know, Trans people want fairness too. Mm. Like nobody, nobody wants to compete on a on an environment where they feel they have this. this there's a real that no one says that. Mm. No, it's like they people are literally saying, "How can we do this in a in a way that is understood to be fair?" And what's the compromise that we need to make between fairness and inclusion? Because there'll always be some compromise, you know. Um, but no one's saying that, um, and it's really frustrating as somebody who who thinks sport is, is great and a, a great healer and, you know, just the uh, accessibility to participation in it can can do lots of good things for communities, mm. I think. I think it's interesting how often, like, people get angry about the word equality when, like, the very meaning means that everyone's, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. we're all benefiting from it. It's like, oh, women wanting to be equal. It's like, yeah, but that means that like, you're equal to them as well it's like it's okay it means we're all better off yeah it's true i got a theory about turfs trans exclusionary radical feminists who and that kind of that's the movement that kind of started the gender critical movement and my theory is there was like a bunch of white women who used to be victims like oh my god patriarchy we're victims we're victims isn't patriarchy horrible then the word karen was invented right and well actually you're a bunch of karens look how you use your privilege to kind of you hide behind this position you're in under the patriarchy and then you use it to burst into tears and you know get black people arrested and, and this is historic like you know it's for centuries you know white women and wh- white men have worked together you know it's not like white men running around being horrible it's a, it's a united front and everyone what the world got better when both you know both individuals got better so to speak um they're like, oh my god we got privilege so that then had to become turfs to be victims again you know it was just a way of kind of like reversing that trend so no 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 no. we're actually victims uh of trans women there you know and it's just you know it, it is it is you know this like this idea that you know men who want to abuse women will pretend to be women to get access to toilets those men are abusing us anyway 
Like, could you, if that was the case, wouldn't they just be doing that anyway? Like, why would they start? It's it, it's just the, or like this idea that you should be able to question the gender, look at someone, you're not a woman enough, you're not, you're not enough woman, prove to me you deserve to piss in this toilet. Mm. What? What are you talking? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's just calm down and embrace your, the privilege, mm. just embrace it, enjoy yourselves, be happy. Mm. You know, if you don't want it, I'll have it. You know, <laughs> I'll take it if you're not going to enjoy it. Um, and so, yeah, Sharon Davies is one of them. Um, like I said, there's loads of them, but she was the one that annoyed me. She compared drag queens to blackface, which I didn't even, I'm not even going to start talking about why that is just, <laughs> I mean, I just... Okay. I mean, on a more trivial note, it would be useful having a strong swimmer on the island. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was my other reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you can keep her in the sea, mm. you know, just, just being useful and be like, oh, uh, is that, I think I saw a tuna over there. Do you reckon, here's the spear, go on, off you go. Yeah. And she's just off like a dolphin, you know. So uh, I think if you can just keep her, keep her in the water, then, then you're probably all right. But yeah, I, I can see how that, especially teaming up with Andrew Neil. So I think... Um, it's a strong oh, team. I guess all of them actually is. They'd really, yeah. I mean, you'd get, you know, you'd get like light and dark with Dave Chappelle. There'd be moments with him that it'd be okay, but then it would flip and you'd be like, ah, but then I think it's going to just cause you more more turmoil because you're like, oh, I just want the funny Dave again, you know, <laughs> and like now he's siding with these two and you're just going to have to go for a long walk. And yeah, yeah, so it's, it is a strong team, Athena. Thank you. You've really come out come out fighting so i think this is this is great okay now look we're going to move away from the people now because mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane there was some food and drink left over unfortunately for you it's your least favorite food and drink in the world what are they and why are they so bad okay so this is a generic one but it's basically anything creamy okay um, and, every, and, you know, if you've got childish listeners, they're going to be like, oh, is it a fiend? <laughs> no, be quiet. It's serious. I'm talking about anything creamy. So, I mean, like single cream, like pouring cream, whipped mm-hmm. cream, um, something like, like, what's that jelly that's made out of milk? It's Italian. Oh, like panna cotta. Oh, <laughs> horrible, horrible. Anything. I never oh, thought of it as a milk jelly before. It's a, just this, anything milky. Um, yogurt is excluded, by the way. Um, there are there are exclusions to this. Profiteroles are excluded. I like profiteroles, but not anymore because yeah. I'm vegan now. But I used to like them. But just yeah, but they, yeah, they, but they've got cream in them. But I wouldn't say it's like creamy. It's not like a creamy sauce. It just has some cream in them. I think when you really deep. The use of milk in our diet, you know, and you, you know, we go to a cow and then we milk it and then we make stuff out of that milk. Everything about that is incredibly wrong and not right. We're the only human, we're the only species on the planet that drinks the, the breast milk of an other species. No one does it. Cows that walk around and look at a goat and think, oh yeah. have a bit of goat milk today and chase the goat mm. and drink the milk. Not even lions, lions can do whatever the fuck they want. But they're not, they're, they're not drinking the milk of tigers. They're like, all right, mate, you're just, <laughs> they've got better things to do. So we, you know, we do this thing and it's very, you know, it's obviously over the thousands of years we've done it, it's been beneficial to us and all this stuff. But it, I never liked cream. I used to, my mum used to make me like corn make cornflakes in the morning and, you know, I just stare at the bowl and sort of cornflakes were all soggy and I stick it in the bin um, when she wasn't looking. I just hate, I hated milky tea. I now drink my tea black and my coffee black but when I was little I used to put like that was unknown to my mum as a concept so I'd put like one drop 
of of milk in my tea, and, and she, you know, and if actually she made me tea, and there's too much milk in it, I would refuse to drink it. Which would, um, you know, you don't waste anything in in our household. So the idea that I would have wasted water and a drop of milk was just appalling to you know. So hate milk, anything creamy, except for prosciutto rolls and yogurt, and butter icing. I like I like butter icing. Okay, and then what? Where do you stand on things like uh, if it's like a creamy sort, like a like a carbonara or something no, like that. No, 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 no. Any kind of, you know, there's like, there's like a mushroom sauce people make and it's like a creamy, oh, just, why would you do that to mushrooms? Mushrooms are delicious. <laughs> why would you then just put cow milk? I'm very against milk in savoury food. I couldn't be more against it. And we're not, there's a leadership election going on in the country right now. Someone is going to be prime minister in September and not one of them has mentioned the use of milk in savoury food. And I'm waiting for it. Like we've had this, they've had, we've had the conservatives for what, 10, 12 years? And not one of you is going to talk about this. Why? I watch MasterChef and, all this, and they're pouring cream into, a, <laughs> into like a, a dinner. Why are you having cream for dinner? What's wrong with you people? This is why we're all going mad. <laughs> talking of the, the, I mean, talking of the leadership, I've got a theory that a lot of conservatives go home and are breastfed. I feel <laughs> like, especially, especially Reese Mogg. Reese Mogg has a wet nurse. I'm convinced. Like he goes home and there's a special woman in a room. Especially, I just, oh, I, like, God. it would be the least surprising thing that if you know. I just think there's something weird. Like you know, when people go like, oh yeah, they're all like. There's a like David Icke, like they're all lizards and whatever. It's like, I don't think it's like that weird, but I just think they're all like, there's some like grand, grand conservative wet nurse and she's just sort of feeding them all. I don't know if Ofcom covers podcasts, but what you just said <laughs> could get you a lot of complaints. And I think you need to think about whether that makes the edit because there's a vision in my mind right now. Like I can visualize it and it's disgusting. It's literally ruined my day. It's done now. My day was already circling the drain. And now <laughs> the sight of the thought of Jacob Rees Mogg on somebody's lap, sucking their breast and drinking breast milk. Did you watch The Boys uh, on Amazon? I haven't. No, well, I haven't it's seen quite, it. No. One of the main characters is very into being breastfed and it's appalling. Um, and But he's not Jacob Rees Mogg, so I could just about stomach that that character trait but on him part of the reason it's so easy for you to visualize is because it's not that far-fetched right? <laughs> it's absolutely you know I mean? not no uh, you're all right. right i'll distract you for slightly from this from this disgusting topic uh, what about your drink choice well I, I mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go with something similar to, to the creamy any savory food cream milkshake obviously mm. there's a theme here i'm generally quite a good eater i like lots of things but milkshake is just I've never, particularly McDonald's milkshakes. I don't know what the fascination is with mm. with McDonald's milkshakes. It's just thick and full of fat. It's like lard. I remember I have childhood memories of kind of trying to enjoy these things, and I would just be like, "Why are you making me drink cold lard? <laughs> I don't know why someone's making me drink this and telling me that it's a treat. It's not a treat." I and like even at that young age, I could feel my arteries saying, "Now, nah, Athena, this ain't the one." <laughs> this is mm. not the one for There's you. There's a real weight to it, isn't there? Like you pick it up, it's like got heft. Uh, and you know when you suck it up for a straw, but you've got to suck it up really hard. It doesn't come up easy mm. like a Sprite. Mm. It's just like, yeah. like you're trying to, like you've got a blockage in a vacuum cleaner and trying to clean, clean it manually. Not that I would do that, but I'm just trying to search for an analogy <laughs> that's appropriate. That's how bad and awful McDonald's milkshakes are. Um, that's the analogy. It's just, all, I mean, I'd put the whole McDonald's menu outside of apple pies into the food thing if i'm honest but 
um, a, a, a bizarre place. I think last time I had one, it was so disappointing. I was a bit, I was like, the conditions were perfect. It was late. I was a bit drunk. I thought, do you know what? I haven't had one in ages. I'm going to just like have a, you know, like guilty pleasure. I thought I'm going to get a burger and nuggets. And like, and I was eating it and I was like, it just obviously sat there for so long. It's like, I'm sure I could still enjoy McDonald's now, but it's like, it'd been so long. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Now's the time. And it was just so dry. And then I was like, okay, there's nuggets. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it was so cardboardy. And I thought, now my guilty pleasure is just guilty. This is rubbish. There's no no joy here. There's no joy. Do you know what it is? It's just like a victory for like the idea. The idea of a McDonald's is like, oh, that sounds like a nice idea. And the pictures look great and the adverts look great. And it's like, you know, as a kid, you want your parents to take you to McDonald's. But the actual, if you just, just get go and buy a McDonald's, do the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Oh, get McDonald's like a burger. Open it up and look at it. It's miserable. It's literally like food should be something that brings joy, like you said, and makes you happy. And it should satiate you and you should look forward to eating it. But if you look at that sad little burger, that's clearly not bread. It's just bread and sugar. It's not like bread. It's just like, if if you could make bread out of plastic, it would look like a McDonald's bun. Hmm. You know, you know, like toy, like toy food that kids play with. Hmm. You know, it looks like that. And the burger looks like cardboard. It looks like, you know, do you have yeah. a food waste bin? Mm-hmm. Sometimes like when everything compacts in a food waste bin and, you know, that's like what the burger looks like. If you just go into a food waste bin and press it all down into a patty, <laughs> it doesn't look far off from McDonald's. And you taste it and it's no taste, it just tastes of cardboard. It's like, like mm. what are you enjoying? You don't even enjoy the gherkin. No one likes the gherkin. <laughs> you know when stuff is like too good value, like when it's like food, <laughs> I have a real problem. You know, like you go to Ikea and you're like, Sorry, wait, the hot dog's how much? Like, <laughs> no, like, you know, I'm not being like, that's too cheap for me to eat. But, you know, you just think when like a full meal, like, you know, and they go, oh, that we had to put up the price of a cheeseburger. It's like, that's 20p more than a bag of crisps. Like, and it contains an animal. Like, how the fuck did you get that? Like, okay, like you need to raise the price. or something. Like, this is, it's, it's just weird. It can't. How can crisps be the same as a whole burger containing an animal? I think about this all the time. You know, chicken shops will sell like six wings for a pound. That's three chickens. You've taken the wings of three chickens and you're like that, I'll have it. And you've you've literally cut the wings off and then you've you've taken the feathers off and you've packaged it. You take a chicken shop, take it to a chicken shop and you've you've cooked it and you've served it to me. All of that for a pound. I mean, that can't be... mad, isn't it? That can't be right. That's an animal with a heartbeat that could feel pain and could make noise and cared about its parents or they subsequently cared about its children, had a nesting instinct, can feel, you know, can feel emotions. And um, you're paying a pound? No, that's that's absolutely important. It doesn't make sense. And we've become so desensitized to the actual reality of of what it takes to to feed us animals. Like, and it's not even nice. You haven't even treated it with respect. <laughs> You've just quite a deep fried it and stuck it in a cardboard box, not even on a plate. Um, it, uh, yeah, you're hit, you've hit the nail on the head. And where people are like, oh my God, a cheeseburger is £1.20. It's like, it's not, it should be cost £5 to put that. You know, they should. it should literally cost you, what it costs you in health, it should cost you in money. <laughs> like uh, instead of the health being the price, it should be the actual cost. A cheeseburger should absolutely cost £1.20. Yeah, of course. Mm. 
Okay. Well, I think you've put, again, put a very strong case together for those things being a really bad food and drink for you on the island. Um, Athena, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? You might have had this already. You might not. It's going to be Posh Spice and Dane Bowers doing that garage song they did. I think it was called Out of Your Mind. Out of Your Mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A a, a horrific... It was a really sad time when the Spice Girls split up, not because I I mourned their loss, but because the solo singles were just miserable. Um, Although I did like Sporty. Everyone conceded that Sporty had a banger with Brian Adams. Yeah. You know, everyone loves that song. And Mel B did all right with Missy, but she needed Missy Elliott on it, on her own. But it still felt a bit like... It sort of made me like Missy Elliott a little bit less. Yeah, you "Uh." don't need this. (laughs) (laughs) I know that people in like, you know, the hip hop world do quite often sort of like have a blind spot when they get paid a lot. You know, it's like, don't this is doing you any favours, Missy. Like, come on. And I think that people really wanted Melby to have some kind of skin in the game. And she none of them did. None of none of them were particularly good at music. It was just the Spice Girls were an idea. They weren't musically any any good and this was a toss-up between jerry's solo single um look at me which like people who can't sing shouldn't sing songs that require you to sing that's why rihanna does amazing because rihanna's not a great singer but she just is such a good song selector so she knows exactly what suits her and what style suits her and what songs is just gonna that's why i love rihanna i don't really have a problem with singers you can't sing i just know your limits um but Posh Spice's song, what I hated was, was the cynicism of it. It was, oh, Garage is big now, so I'll just do a Garage song. But obviously they couldn't get anyone with credibility in the Garage thing, so they got Dane Bowles. <laughs> it's sort of like making a cake with... with I've got toddlers and they make cakes with sort of mud and ketchup. Mm. And they go, Mum, I made you a cake. And I go, well, I'll go along with this, but it's not a cake. Mm. And that's what they did. <laughs> they just yeah. got these two things that should never have combined. And they made, the song is the closest thing you'll get to noise that you'll ever hear in the music. Like if you listen to it, it's just noise. It's a collection of sounds all bundled together with a very, cause Posh Pies can't sing. They had to go heavy with the auto-tune and the, but yeah. they had to pretend it wasn't auto-tune, which is the worst way to use auto-tune. So the whole thing, I still remember out of your mind. That's what it sounded like. Mm. People won't know if that was me or a clip from the song. It sounded like that. <laughs> I can remember like the chorus, but I can't remember any other bits of the song. It's like, actually, it's the same with the Missy Elliott Mel B one. Like, I can't remember like what the main bit of the song was. I can just remember the hook and it's like nothing else happened. It was like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, if there's like a heart monitor, there's one little beep and then it's flat again. It's like, what happened there? Like, yeah, it's really weird. Like, I wasn't a big fan of Garage around that time anyway. Yeah, it just felt like they've got a load of spare parts on the cutting room floor and they're like... Who's available? Ah, oh, Posh Spice. All right, we need a bloke. Uh, Dane Bowers. Dane Bowers, seriously? Uh, well, he's, he's available. Yeah, all right, Dane Bowers. Okay, like, crank up the auto-tune. And it's like, you know, it, it was it, there was sort of no substance to it at all. What's really sad is, like, every single member of, a, member of the Spice Girls at that point had become multi-millionaires off of the back of music. It shouldn't have been so shit. Like, this is literally your job. Like, it doesn't make... It's not fair that you're allowed to sort of generate all this celebrity and wealth 
<laughs> and fame and you can't even do it like it's not even it's you know it's not even a thing that you do apart from Elsie who we love because we like that song so that annoyed me but I, I hate the song I, it's such a horrible song it shouldn't exist the video's horrible and Posh Spice knew she couldn't sing she had the power to say no she could have been like yo let me just go make this dress man mm. but I don't know why they made her do it it's there's nothing more to say really it's the it's one yeah. of the worst songs ever to have been made in the history of, of mankind you're very right. I can't. I can't disagree with you there. And imagine being stuck with that. It's like there's, there's no good in there to to find. Um, what would your film choice be? So I thought very hard about this because there's lots of films that I despise. I have a very short attention span, so a bad film is very annoying to me because films last for at least an hour and a half. But I I have to put in the Force Awakens, uh, which would be like the episode. 59 or whatever i don't know it's one of the episodes right now there are worse star wars movies they really are the phantom menace might be the worst of all of them to be fair it's a horrible film for lots of reasons however the force awakens goes in because everyone said oh it's amazing it's the best film ever the force awakens is just a remake of episode episode four it's a remake of episode four everything everything that happens in it is in Episode four. And in I get angry over these things. I get angry over serious things. I get angry over stupid things. I got really angry over this because I was in the cinema watching it and I was like, why are you enjoying this? This just, this happened. In, you know, the, the hologram bit happened. The whole storyline, the whole, they blew up. Mm. I think they even blew up a planet in The Force Awakens, if I remember correctly. I might be making this up. I'm getting confused. Is it, it's the, was it like the first of the most recent Yeah, it was ones. the first one. So that yeah. was, epi- The Force Awakens was episode six. I want or seven seven because it was four five six one two three so it's episode seven now I'm sorry people who love this film are let let them get away with murder because and you know what really annoys me Rogue One wicked film why didn't yeah Rogue One Rogue One's bad why didn't those three movies why didn't episode seven eight or nine why didn't they make Rogue make them like Rogue One because they they mm. had everything they had money they had the actors they had the budget they had everything and they had the goodwill and they they copped out and were boring and they said you know what if you like if you're a star wars fan and there's loads of them we'll just make something like that to be happy what if you're just a fan of great art like me <laughs> I, why don't you make something and that's why rogue one was great because it was like a lovely story it was devastating it had a hot you know it was it was really you know it had really good it was great um and if it wasn't for rogue one i would probably have uh, set fire to something by now but they saved they, that saved me because I was ready to write mm. um, wait till Avatar comes out I might start writing after Avatar 2 because I hate because oh, yeah, Avatar thing. 1 was going to go in you know it was going to come in with me to the island but I had to get this off my chest about The Force Awakens it is a remake of episode 6 which is lazy I didn't like the fact no one was saying that out loud other than me and it's an, and in, in 100 years time there'll be there'll be a statue to me it, somewhere um, and it'll be here is Athena she said The Force Awakens was remake of episode 6 and she was right <laughs> So when the most recent batch came out, I quite liked them all. And I remember people sort of getting pissed off at them. And I was just so relieved they were like on a better better standard <laughs> than the other new ones. Do you know what I mean? When it was all like Phantom Menace and those three, because they were so bad that I just can barely remember it. But I remember being in the cinema watching the second of that trilogy mm. And people just openly laughing at bits that weren't meant to be funny in the <laughs> cinema. So when they came along, I was like, Rogue One, obviously brilliant. And then the other three, I just thought, you know, like I'm just glad they're back and they're okay. You know, they're sort of, they're all right. But 
having said that, I can remember very little about any of them, and I haven't really wanted to rewatch any. Like my wife just recently decided to watch all the Star Wars in order, and she went through like right, and I was like, "You're not going to watch the Phantom Menace and like." all of those she's like no no I'm doing it properly and she was like yeah you know there's bits I think like when you sort of have some distance from it and I think it's not as bad as I remember still not great but you know and I was like oh I should sit down and watch them with you I'm like no I'm all right and I consider I thought I was a bigger Star Wars fan than her but I'm just like I feel like I'm, I'm done I've done that and it's all right you know they're not good movies you know why they're about trade so much of it is, oh, we're selling some spice and they're going to sell this, they're going to take that. And it's like, just just burn Darth Vader. When are we going to get good stuff? The, the, what's really know about those films is they, the end of episode three is actually quite good because that's when Darth Vader becomes Darth Vader. And it's like, we, you're making us sit through seven hours to get to the good stuff. That's so annoying. I will say one thing. George Lucas come out after The Phantom Menace. He said, you guys are being cruel. These are children's movies. And if you watch The Phantom Menace with that on your mind then you can say it's it's passable. But when you've got to look at a film and say, well, let me view this through the eyes of a four-year-old, that's not good. Mm. <laughs> that's not a it's not yeah. a good thing. But I think I think that they all went a bit um they all it wasn't a good story. The stories are crap. But also they're not they're not just children's movies because some of them are like rated older than children can see. Like there's some they're not all like universal. I think the first few were like use and then some of them are like PG. Some of them are, like the recent ones like twelves or something. And like I sat down and watched the original Star Wars with my five-year-old recently. He's got a good attention span for films, and I still had to break it up into bits for him, you know, because it's like it's not a cartoon. It's still like grown-ups and doing stuff, and you had to sort of talk him through a lot of it. And since when do kids like films about trade wars? I oh, mean, it's it's like... just but Jacob Rees-Mogg maybe would he would have really lapped it up, but you know, and you know, any and other people, but um, anyone else, yeah, it's 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 boring. It, it was a real. What annoys me is kind of like what. I think it gets to the point where like, when you're like George Lucas or whatever, like you just have an idea and people go, yeah, that's a really great idea. <laughs> and that's a real, that's a real shame because those things exist now. And the nostalgia people have over Star Wars and Empire, which I think is the greatest of all of them. I think Empire Strikes Back is such a great film. No one has that, that rewatchability doesn't exist anymore, like for those films. And that's, well, it's not a shame. I don't care. But I just sort of think they haven't to not reestablish that nostalgia is a waste of everyone's time. We could have watched other things at the cinema. But I had to watch The Force Awakens, which is just episode six with the remake. I mean, it just annoyed me. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Athena. Finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it, and why? Well, we know it's the summer. My doors are open. It's the fly. I mean, mm. I know there are lots of kinds of flies. So, I mean, I don't know how specific I've got to be. The one that is attracted to shit, is that a particular kind? That's the worst of them. Because when it touches you, you think, oh my God, it's on me. And it's probably been on poo. That's horrible. I generally hate the way, I mean, this is well documented. It's born for me to say, I hate saying it. I just hate the way they fly inside your house, but they seem to struggle to fly out. Mm. It's like watching somebody who can't reverse park, reverse park. But yeah. that's entertaining. Watch, you know, and, and sometimes you want to help the fly get out. So you have your tea towel and you'll be running around your house going, look, I'm showing you the window. I'm showing you the window. And they're going and they're just acting like like hysterical, stupid animals. Get out and be in the open. You And there's, when you think about how small a fly is, the noise they make, you know, it, the, the noise size ratio is unacceptable. Mm. I don't know what God was doing there when he said no. So I hate flies. They annoy me. They should not be in my house. 
and I have to live with them on the island now. I've, I've made that choice. I've got to stand by it. You're right about the, the noise size ratio because, like, I had to get one out of this room earlier just because I was like, oh, I can't be bothered flapping around trying to shoo it out. And I thought, well, no, because I've got to record and it'll probably be able to hear it when I'm recording. <laughs> they're like the equivalent of, like, you know, those pricks who drive around on like, really loud motorbikes or, like, on a car with a really loud exhaust. It's like, and it's, but it's got a tiny little engine. It can't even go fast. But like, <laughs> It's it's the equivalent of that. Also, I've got a real phobia of maggots. Oh yeah, you know it's like summertime bins outside. Like, ev- like basically from say spring to autumn, I'm terrified that I'm going to open a bin and see that. You know what I mean? Because when I do, I feel like itchy for like a day. I just can't think of anything else. And it's you know most animals, the baby version is cute, but like the baby version of a fly is a fucking maggot. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> pricks i mean that if anything sums up the justification for putting flies on my desert island full of dicks like the you know it's a maggot you're not even cute as a baby you're a horrible wriggly little thing that just is just horrible i'm trypophobic we've done trypophobia is when you're just afraid of like holes and organic yeah. holy things and maggots and trypophobia go together like chicken and chips you know just the idea of them burrowing into things and crawling around and oh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have a phobia but I do find them incredibly unpleasant mm. uh, like everyone does no one likes maggots you know what I mean you'll get some some people like snakes and you get fair enough and some people like weird animals no one no one has like a fuck it a, a, a little glass cage full of maggots going they're my friends I mean yeah. it just doesn't happen because they're disgusting because they turn into flies which is just horrible Hmm. it's one of those things you know when you've got little kids and you're trying to not be scared you don't want to, it's like a spider and you're like don't worry look it's a spider yeah. but like god help me if I have to like pretend to not be scared of maggots in front of my kids <laughs> luckily you know you don't see them very much but it's something about bins in summer I'm just like terrified oh but kids are assholes you know what they'll do they'll pick up a maggot and start chasing you with it so you can never let your kids know your fears this is yeah. you know never let your kids know you're afraid of because they will use that against you and they'll you'll be they'll be grown up right and you, they'll want to go out to like party with their friends and then you'll say no then I'll throw a maggot at you and then you'll be like oh go out and play like so don't tell them your fears otherwise that's it yeah. that's the end of it I remember like going on holiday once with loads of mates and some of them went fishing and they had like as bait, they had Ooh. maggots and they and they were just sort of pissing about like throwing them at each other. And you, I was like, I've got to back away, but I can't let you know that this is a thing that I've got because otherwise I'm just dead for the entire... It makes it sound like I hang around with awful laddie people, which isn't the case, but it's like... But so flies, I mean, they're just like the entire life cycle is based on them being a prick. And they just bother you. Like, you know what? If they wouldn't buzz around me then I'd be off, I'd be all right. Just go in the corner. You've got, the, you're tiny. You've got the whole room at your disposal. Just go away. But they don't. What's worse is when there's an open window and there's a closed window and they fly repeatedly into the closed one. I mean, are you dumb? Like, just move a bit to the left. It's, it's so clearly there. So you've got there. how many eyes? How many, you know what I mean? Like, you see what they see. Like, you know, you go to the science museum. They can see like a million pictures at once. Like, find the fucking open window. It's it's infuriating, infuriating little things. And I don't care if they spread nectar. I think it's just bees. They don't have any, flies don't actually have any use, do they? What do they do? I think, I mean, I think they sort of probably help things decompose. But I mean, I think stuff decomposes without them as well. I, so, think, um, abso- I think so, absolutely. And they're not, whilst it's in my house, it's not doing its work. There's nothing decomposing mm. in my house. You're wasting your time, mate. 
Yeah, no, I get, so I'm getting itchy now talking about. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I think it's getting worse as I get older. It's like you think oh, I'm over forty now. I should be all right with this stuff, but no, I'm still still awful. Um, all right, well, look, I think on that note, you've you've you know you've picked a great selection of awful things from your island. You've argued them superbly. Um, you know, it's been entertaining and also insightful, which I can't say about every episode <laughs> we put out, and it's usually my fault. But this is this has been great. So, Athena, where can people uh, see more of your work? Um, find me on Twitter and Instagram, not on Facebook. You know what I mean? I'm 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 over forty, but I'm still a young'un. So you know, just Instagram and 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 Twitter. Um, not TikTok. I've got one post, and I don't have to delete it. <laughs> so don't go on TikTok. You'll only be disappointed. But Twitter and Instagram, come say hello. That'd be lovely. Nice one, Athena. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. So there you go. That was Desert Island Dicks for today. Now, um, as I said, this is going to be the last episode for a little while. We've just got to regroup, get some new guests and fill our schedule with dicks for you to consume once again. So I don't know, give it a few weeks or something like that, I reckon. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, in the meantime, do go and book tickets for our live show in October. That would be great. And uh, we will announce the guest properly for that in due course as well. Okay, thank you very much for listening and uh, I love you all very much, more than you can ever know and uh, we shall speak again soon. Bye.